This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Stu, triple eight seven two seven bet. Apparently, this is interesting. In a way, kind of a sick way. Um, activists, uh, far left activists, aren't going away quietly. They are going to. Uh, hmm? they're, they're planning. Why are you struggling getting to? The news you keep you acting you're acting <clears throat> like yeah it's uh, somewhat difficult to get through. Um, Sherry Hunkala, Hunkala, head of the Poor People's Economic Human Rights Campaign, which you're I know a big oh, supporter of. Man, get that bumper I, sticker I, I gave many, to the right. Poor People Poor People's Human Economic, Rights, Economic Human Campaign. Rights Campaign. Mm-hmm. They're organizing the world's largest fart in. <laughs> To be held on July 28th. That sounds fun. Philadelphia's Wells Fargo Center during Hillary Clinton's anticipated uh, nomination acceptance speech. We will be holding a massive bean supper for Bernie Sanders delegates on American Street in Mike Kensington neighborhood on the afternoon of July 28th. The fart in ironically has its roots with the activist movement uh, leader, then Hillary Rodham, sidled up to in the 1960s. Of course, it was a uh, Saul Alinsky uh, tactic, apparently. He promoted a flatulent blitzkrieg <laughs> as a way to offend the elites of Rochester, New York. He explained in uh, a 1972 interview with Playboy magazine, and he, uh, weirdly, he died shortly thereafter. But uh, another idea I had almost came to fruition was directed at the Rochester Philharmonic, which was the establishment and Kodak's cultural zoo uh, jewel. I suggested we pick a night when the music would be relatively quiet and buy 100 seats. The 100 blacks scheduled to attend the concert would then be treated to a pre-show banquet in the community consisting of nothing but huge portions of baked beans. Can you imagine the inevitable consequences within the symphony hall? The concert would be over before the first movement. Another Freudian slip. Uh, and Rochester would be immortalized as the site of the world's first fart in. Um, so that didn't happen. Some people, you know, somehow Sick. don't take these, these guys seriously. I know, right? Mm. Take them serious after this night, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, if you're not in part of this group, I don't think people have too much to worry about. I mean, that is ridiculous. That is absolutely 
ridiculous. But they're apparently actually planning to do it. <laughs> I like this. Uh, Jap- this you see this Japanese <laughs> Trump uh, video, which I, you know I guess maybe might be a parody or whatever. We don't. I don't know who actually did it. It's, you know, uh, but I am. I feel like it could have come directly from the campaign. Tell me, if Donald Trump just released this as an ad, would you be surprised at all? Watch. Cute music. (laughs) Trump elected world president. Definitely how he sees himself. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. This is supposed to be against him? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean Maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, those were those were rough. Certain hand gestures you probably don't want to make as a candidate. <laughs> okay, would you be surprised if all of a sudden this is airs at the convention? No. <laughs> yeah, he blows up the world at the end, so it's probably anti-Trump. <laughs> but I mean, it, but that's know. the only way you could tell is at the very end. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I think the Trump campaign is essentially based on the idea that he's going to burn the whole thing down. I mean, blowing up the world isn't too far of a stretch. Not too far. <laughs> He's blowing up the world oh, as it was. Man. That old... Didn't mean that he's going to blow up the world. Right, the world that doesn't have I mean, the best words he's blowing up. It doesn't mean he's blowing up the actual earth. He's blowing up that world that people act stupidly, um, and he would act bigly. That's the word, world, okay. you know, he's yeah. getting rid of. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize that, uh, that Charlie, she- Charlie Sheen is anti-Trump. I thought he was pro-Trump. I thought he was, too. I was actually thinking when he was a happen? legit VP candidate. Yeah, right. I That's mean, The only thing that makes me uh, sad about this story is that he's not uh, pro-Trump. He's pro-Hillary. At least that's what the story sounds like. I thought he was a libertarian. I heard heard at one point he was a libertarian. The story sounds like he trusts people to make the right choice, I think was his Uh, line or something. Okay. Uh, Well, last week on the Graham Norton show, how does this guy, this Graham Norton, gets every big, I mean, not that Charlie Sheen is a big star, but he he sometimes has, isn't this that British guy? He sometimes has four or five massive A-list stars on his show at once. Hmm. I mean, rather than spread him out over a week, he's got like... Let's bring him in. Tom Hanks, Julia Roberts, Tom Cruise on set in one night. I mean, it, it's pretty... That amazing. was one show, too, wasn't it? It was. I mean, it was that, close that sounds to like that. that was one show. It was close to that, and I can't remember the exact lineup, but it was, it was yeah. A-listers like that all on the couch with him at the same time. It was, it was crazy. But anyway, here was, uh, here was Charlie Sheen explaining his distaste for Trump last week. About five years ago, I was at a dinner with my ex-wife, Brooke, and her family and this and that. And about halfway through, I, 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 I noticed um, Donald um, staring at my watch. And so he started saying, you know, listen, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I wasn't invited to your wedding, this and that. Or I'm sorry I can't make your wedding. And I'm like, I didn't invite you. Um, <laughs> so, so he says, but, you know, I want to give you a, uh, an early wedding gift uh, as a gesture from me and Melania. And she doesn't say a word. She's very sweet and very pretty, but just kind of sits there. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, anywho, so uh, she does a role. So he says uh, these are uh, these are platinum diamond Harry Winston, uh, and he pulls off his cufflinks, and he gives them to me. And so I'm like, oh gosh, uh, Mr. Trump, you you really shouldn't do this. He goes, no, no, it's it's the least I can do, and you know, have a great marriage and all that. Little did he know. Um, <laughs> so, so, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's, so here's the uh, the payoff here. This is again what actually uh, happened. And then in another interesting anecdote that I just read today mm. about this same type of thing. Watch. Six months later, I had a, uh, some jewelry getting appraised at the house, you know. And, and, and she finished and was leaving, and, and I said, oh, yeah, you know, there's, there, there, there's another uh, couple of pieces that I have that I'm, that I'm very curious about. Could, would you mind appraising these? She said, no, uh, what are they? I said, well, you know, I explained the dinner and this and that. These are from Donald Trump, Harry Winston, you know, Flawless D's, Platinum. She, she took the loop, uh, spent about four seconds, and, and kind of recoiled from it, uh, much like people do from Trump. And um, <laughs> so, so she says, uh, in, in, in their finest moment, this is cheap pewter and, and, and bad zirconias. <laughs> and they're stamped Trump. And I just thought, I just mm. thought, what does this really say about the man? You know, um, that he said, here's like a great wedding gift. And it's just it's just a bag of dog. You know, <laughs> now, is it is it is that, is that the laughter I can hear coming from across the pond at our country about this charlatan? Mm. Hmm. Yes, it is. Uh, siding with Charlie Sheen is, is an odd place to be. But yes, uh, he's right on that. Obviously, uh, it's it's pathetic. Um, and, and, so this it's is interesting. really interesting. There's a lot of interesting things going on there. Yeah, yes. really interesting. I, first of all, I thought legitimately the most pro-Trump person in the universe would be Charlie Sheen. Like, well, especially since he and and Hernia uh, Boy and Hernia Boy are so close that he's seen and licked his hernia, mm -hmm. and then Hernia Boy uh, is I've seen your hernia. Uh, <laughs> Alex Jones and Sheen are so close, and then but, so. Uh, with Alex Jones, if you don't agree with Trump, you're a traitor to the country, as he's kind of portrayed Glenn. Uh, it's kind of interesting. So There's a, a lot going on there. I don't know that. Uh, are Sheen and Jones still close? Uh, yeah, they may have I don't broken know. up. I don't know. Have they broken they up? They may have broken I up. I mean, look, just because you, you, you happen to see a guy's hernia one time does not mean you're married to him. You know, it's, Even it's, a couple times. And even with Sheen, even if you are married, apparently that's not a particularly long yeah, right, arrangement. Right. So. And, and maybe since the marriage was so bad... Maybe the cufflinks being pewter and uh, zirconia. Maybe that was appropriate. You could also say that maybe the reason he did that, um, you could argue that he did it because he wasn't invited. And yes. He was being stark. Right. Gave him, and gave right. him the cheap ones off, the ones that he was wearing. Yes. I yeah. mean, I, Although, why does Trump have those? I am right. loath to defend Donald Trump, but... I don't... But let me give you this you piece know. of information before you do. Okay. <laughs> uh... uh so an all-time Trump loyalist from very early on in his career um, is a hard-nosed lawyer, kind of like Roger Stone, named Roy Cohn. Okay? Yeah. He was a guy who did all this really shady yeah, stuff for Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, we've seen this guy, TV. right? No, this is an oh, old-time old guy. This no. is a guy that... Uh, what? Uh, he was in... Some of the documentaries we saw. Yeah, he was right? probably in some of the documentaries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's not. He's you know, uh, he's not alive. So he's not like a guy who's currently arguing for his campaign. So he's an old time guy. He used to do huge real estate deal, boss people around, do, pull every shady lever he could to get Donald Trump more business. Right. So and as this was going on, 
uh, Donald Trump would reward him. <laughs> After one coup, Mr. Trump rewarded him with a pair of diamond-encrusted cufflinks and buttons in a Bulgari box. Bulgari is a, you know, mega... I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. It's so expensive, I don't know how to even pronounce it. But it's like that really expensive jewelry company, yeah. like... You know, the only the best, right, for Donald Trump. It's like the Bugatti yeah, of sure. jewelry. So let's call it that, yeah. Right? Super expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the box, a Bulgari box, okay? Um, now, Mr. they were tight, super tight, because Donald Trump <clears throat> had this guy doing all of his dirty work for him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one little problem with this guy is he got AIDS, Okay. And Donald Trump apparently didn't like the look of having a guy who had AIDS around him, particularly in that era. He was not fond of it. Uh, Trump's telling of it is, well, he got sick and he couldn't handle the business. Uh, of course, this guy worked all the way up to his death, um, in which he was never admitted that he had AIDS, but apparently was known uh, in, mm. in, in, uh, in the circles. Um, anyway, uh, upon his death of AIDS, of course, uh, his... The people who had inherited his stuff went to get his stuff appraised. The cufflinks he got from Donald Trump, they uh, were knockoffs. Not real. Same exact story. That is amazing. I'll tell you what. Uh, someone needs to let Donald Trump know that he's being lied to from the cufflink <laughs> <Yeah>. company. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The cufflink company has been. Wow. Yeah, the cufflink you company is really pulling over on him. The alt right on on, on uh, Twitter and uh, Trumpkins everywhere. As you can Thank pull you. that one out of your ass. Oh, the, you know he's getting screwed. It's probably the Chinese That's who are right. doing it to him. It, it makes you wonder. It really does. That. It, this guy is such a fraud uh, and such a charlatan, uh, as Sheen pointed out, that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he can't afford a, a jewelry like that, cufflinks like that. And, you know, he buys knockoffs. Why, why would you do that? If you've got his kind of money, supposedly he, he says he has $10 billion. If you do, you're buying the real thing. Real thing, right. Especially, it's one thing to buy a present for somebody else. Like, I mean, you know, we, we've done this a hundred times. Like, we give Jeffy presents, and they're just knockoffs. They're not real. We just, you know, right. they're like, obviously, of so no value whatsoever. I shouldn't have them appraised? We don't. Yeah, you definitely not. Uh, we don't. We would never give Jeffy something of value, I guess, is the bottom line. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're giving it someone to, you're giving it to Charlie Sheen, for example, you could argue. You give him crap because you don't like the guy or you don't know him. Now, when it's an, a tight guy who's helped build your business, a guy who's you've known forever, who's been a deep loyalist mm-hmm. to you personally, you would think you wouldn't go that direction. But even worse than that is the fact that they were the ones he was wearing to the Charlie Sheen thing. Right. He didn't, it wasn't a present for Charlie. He took them off. He was wearing knockoffs. That supports your theory. Does. He doesn't actually have as much money as, as he keeps claiming. Yeah. Um, unless this is one of his things where he wears them and it's going to be more convincing. Who's going to get them? You're not going to have them necessarily appraised if you think, well, he was wearing them. I mean, they had to be legit. Right. Well, and that's what he does, right? He keeps an extra pair, uh, two or three pair with him all the time. That's what uh, the wife has in her purse. And he gives them away and then slaps on another fake pair five minutes later. I wouldn't be shocked. I, I wouldn't be either. shocked. Uh, by the way, you want to talk about a little bit uh, more campaign related stuff? This is pretty fascinating. It couple of graphs here that like just give me the uh, we'll explain them give me a picture here andrew if you could this is uh not sure which one's going to come up first on these uh two graphs we sent from twitter here's one of them yeah this is uh this is the percentage of support for the past four republican nominees and the donald trump line obviously as you might expect is the bottom line (coughs) now remember 
Most of these, with the exception that of both, seem good. No, it does not seem good. That's it's not a positive. Below the lowest point of any of the others. Unless you uh, don't want him to win, win, that's not a positive. No. Now remember, wow. both McCain and Romney lost. Wow. McCain got destroyed, um, and Romney was beat handily. Bush had a squeaker victory, and this is what these graphs look like now. Now, is it possible? We can use all the disqualifi- the qualifying statements we want. Is it possible for him to turn this around? Things do turn around. They're not always predictive of the future, but man, he's got a lot to overcome here. And does he have the, uh, the type of people around him uh, that you would say are capable of turning something like this around. Corey Lewandowski would be that guy. Even the Trump campaign themselves, Donald Trump himself has admitted now that that's not the case. But let's go deeper than that. Let's look at this next one. This is this is incredible. And who knows? Maybe he's got some magical piece of information we don't know. If you look at the left, it's June 2012, Obama versus Romney and how much money they spent in swing states. So you see Obama and Romney. Obama's spending more than Romney, which is not the story the media told you, by the way, in all these swing states. But the, the blue and, and orange lines are roughly together. In the June's 2016 campaign, you might notice there are no orange lines. That's because Donald Trump is not spending any money. He is being literally shut out. Zero dollars spent in all of these swing states. This is how he's running his campaign right now. Zero dollars. Now, maybe Donald Trump has come together and said, you know what? And you can see this happening uh, to back Donald Trump. A little wow. Bit here. He's come to a conclusion and said, you know what? Advertising in the summer, waste of money. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to run. I'm going to spend all my money in October and September. Possible. Okay. Maybe. Now, he's not raising yeah, money at a very quick clip, which is problematic. Mm-hmm. He also has about 30 staffers nationwide where Hillary Clinton has over 700 that's current. That's a current number. Wow. Uh, actually, it's 29, probably, after Lewandowski today. And I'll tell you wow. that, that while the perception is, because they're always crying poor mouth, uh, the perception from the Democrats is that, oh, Republicans spend like crazy. They, they just outspend us. They're buying these elections. We're, we're about to do a serial on uh, Democrat and Republican donors. Actually, Democrat donors, because they're all uh, hideous. Um, but the money they spend is unbelievable. And and people forget that in 2008, Obama outspent McCain 770 million to 238 million. Mm. In 2012, Obama raised 1.1 billion dollars. Now, Romney also raised just over a billion, but not as much as Obama. Uh and in the 2014 cycle, D- uh, Republicans were outspent by Democrats two to one. Mm. In 2016, with Trump doing this, uh, they're, we're going to be outspent by four, five, six, ten times mm. as much. And he is going to lose. I agree with all that. He's except lose. the were. Yeah, we're, uh, I, we're I, not. Not only am not we're just not I a certainly part of have this. nothing part of this that's, freaking campaign. That's true. Um, but he yes. is going to be outspent by by ten to one uh, at least. And again, and he, he will lose if he does. That. Many of these standards that have been set by previous campaigns uh, were arguments against him in the primary, and, and he won the primary. So there's a possibility he could pull this out. Maybe. Uh, it's just a real hard road, and he doesn't seem Tough. to know what he's doing. I mean, look, yeah, if he he's doesn't. got Corey Lewandowski this long, and then you fire him because his kids told him to, which is what the story, which is being reported today, wow. uh, they were like, this guy sucks, you got to get rid of him, and he does. It doesn't seem like he has this magic plan. It just seems like he thinks, he probably thinks, like, 
Politicians are dumb. They spend money on advertisements that don't work. I'm going to get on all over free the media. Free guys, media, free guys media. all over the place. The guy's like, yeah. I would never do this to the guy. I'm loyal. He's fantastic. I'm keeping him. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. He's my guy. When Cruz had a campaign staffer who, uh, you know, sent out a misleading tweet about Marco Rubio, mm-hmm. Cruz fired him. And like Trump's response dog. to that was he fired him like a dog because Cruz is weak. Now he's fired a much higher ranking guy in his uh, he's, own campaign. He's totally bought into the Clinton strategy of just delay, 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 and then do what you want. Because after you delay for a certain amount of time, the American people completely forget about it. We've all forgotten about the Lewandowski thing that's long in the past. So now you fire him. And then nobody mm. says anything about it. Amazing. Except us, and he doesn't care. Uh, you know what you should care about is your emergency food supply. Um, whether it's you know, a full year and you want to just dive in with, with uh, both feet or, and I guess if you're jumping in with your feet, you're, you're just probably jumping. You're not diving if you're going feet first. All right. Well, is that called a pencil reasonable. dive? Is right. that a thing? Is it? Is a pencil Maybe dive? Maybe it is. Thing? Okay. Uh, but uh, you can either do that or if you want to, you know, kind of get your feet wet first. 72-hour food supply is a great way to go, especially when it only costs you 10 bucks. And I can uh, announce that we've uh, begun planning of Jeffy's Eat an Entire 72-Hour Kit During the Show uh, promotion. 72 hours worth of food in two hours. Can, is Jeffy really, as we all believe, uh, the type of guy that can eat 36 times faster than the normal human? And I the, think answer the answer is yes. That is yes. The answer is clearly <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so we, have, we have now the 72-hour kit in our position. We do have it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what we're going to have to figure out how to cook it, how to get it all prepared for you. Because, I mean, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't think it's right. Some people thought it wasn't right to make you just eat it raw out of the bag, that it should actually be cooked. Oh, that was nice of those there, people. There were some, some you, people. You don't really have to cook it. You just add water, right? Right, but I mean, you yeah, got to warm gotta, it up a little bit. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah, so, you gotta prepare it. You gotta warm prepare. water. But I mean, crunchy, you know, uh, <laughs> macaroni and cheese noodles. I mean, probably not the I'd best like way to, to go. But uh, I don't think it would stop Jeffy from completing the challenge. I'm just saying, nothing would stop him. It's only 36 times faster than the normal. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's not right? bad. We're not asking a lot. Triple eight four eleven sixty eight forty four is the number to call. Eight eight eight. 411-6844 or preparewithablaze.com. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Absolutely love the fact that the Cleveland Cavs won the NBA title last night. You're gonna be surprised to hear. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm, I'm stunned. Gary, the numbers hear. guy. 
Yeah. Got it right. What? Gary the number. Gary called guy. it, baby. Shut called up. He called it the Cavs. Why did he call he it? Called, he's a Cleveland called guy. He, called, he went through a whole numbers scenario. I had tweeted out uh, his uh, Cleveland news hit uh-huh. that they did with Gary the numbers guy and his explanation of why the Cavs were going to win. And he called it. What, I mean, he selected one of the two teams. Exactly. And he selected 100%. And it correct. was a team he probably cheers for on a regular right, basis anyway. Local. I'm just saying the numbers huh. worked out. Okay, good. Good. Well, they, well, how'd they work out last year? <laughs> um, uh, yes, they did. Uh, did you watch the game, Pat? I watched the first half, and then I went to bed. Okay. Uh, I shouldn't have, because I, I thought, okay, I'm not going to watch them lose. Cause I, I, I just It's just too frustrating for me. So I'm going to go. I had the exact opposite feeling. <laughs> uh, I, 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 that game felt you like it. To, to me, because everything I wanted to happen in sports doesn't happen, that felt like a game that Cleveland was Could winning the entire It did not feel time. that way to me at oh. the beginning, because they were not hitting. Squat and they were still in the game. They yeah, could they still not game. make yeah. a three-point shot. They no. could not hit a three. Nope. But I, I mean, br- they were bricking shot after shot after shot, and I'm like, okay, this. I mean, eventually Curry and and Thompson are going to catch fire. It was only Dramond Green keeping them in the game at that point. Yes, yeah. And I thought, okay, so Curry and and and. And uh, Thompson are going to kick into gear, and it's going to be ugly in the second half. And, and the opposite happened. Yeah, LeBron kicked into gear in the second half. Did he? Well, yeah, kind I, of. I missed, he, I missed him. Had 20, he had a triple-double. That's not bad. <laughs> no, he played pretty well. I mean, the person who freaking won that game for them, though, was Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is he awesome. Guy's was great. incredible. I mean, and I never say, look, I am a LeBron hater. I actually, am a, I actually have a card in my wallet that I carry. Unreasonably to let everyone so. Know. I Unreasonably I, so. I, I can't even. I'll make my case for this after, but let me finish the Kyrie. All right, point. go ahead. Um, you know, the way it's set up with LeBron is that it's just all about LeBron, right? No matter what. And I understand that. He's a huge superstar. And even when I argue against him, it's because basically saying that he's not the best player of all time. He's undoubtedly one of the top ten best players of all time. So, like, I, we all recognize he's a great player. Yes, he is. Uh, however, like, here is a guy who I mean, never – I can't even imagine in Game 7 of, of the NBA championship that the guy you go to – to take the shots, to dribble the one-on-one thing is not Michael Jordan. It's not Larry Bird, right? It's like it's, it's your not goal. magic. It's not magic. It's not all the greatest players of all time. It's Kyrie Irving, who, by the way, is 23 years old. Here's a guy in the NBA championship that, look, in the, especially in the second half of that game, single-handedly controlled that game offensively. He's 23 years old. He averaged 27 points a game for, for the finals. And it's like he doesn't even exist. Because what did LeBron, LeBron average? Like twenty nine. So again, like, See, I mean, but again, but the guy's good. The very, the very. First of all, he was he was like he's more than good. As yeah, I just said, he's, he's one of the top ten players I, of I, all I don't know. time. You're giving him top ten. I, I don't know that he makes that. Call. I think he does, and, and, and oh, certainly yeah, by the he's time definitely he leaves, in the top ten. Again, this is a, a great achievement, and I actually am very happy for the city of Cleveland. It's nice that they got their championship. It is cool. I am a little sick of people going, we cool. haven't won a championship since the Browns won in 1964. The Eagles won in 1960. Okay? I'm sitting here listening to my long... Yeah, but they've oh, had other champions. I don't care about the Phillies. I know you don't, but Philadelphia people do. I don't do. care about the 76ers. That's the not what I'm looking city about. people do. I don't, I don't. So that's what it's about. It's, it's about self, the it's people about that love and you know what's love so the great? city. I, by saying this and making this all about me, I'm just channeling 
LeBron James, who to freaking get this guy to say a word about one of his teammates is like, it's like getting Donald Trump to give credit to somebody else. Trump and LeBron talk about themselves in the same way. I'm just glad I was able to put together all these magnificent games in a row. You were glad you were able to? Oh, stop it. I'm so sick of him and his constant, he can't. He can't just give credit. Why wouldn't you? You're the best player in the, on the planet, right? You're the guy that everybody would have on their team. You can't give Kyrie Irving a little bit of credit for this victory. You can't sit there and say, you know what? I was, you know, I, he was 9 of 24. He shot 37%. And last game, night, game Kevin Love, by the way, was, was he did very well. tremendous. He did very well. Especially Kevin Love kept half. him in the yeah. game in the first half. He did. He did. He was great. He, I mean, the rebounds, as soon as he left the game, uh, they couldn't get a board. They, they could not get yeah. a rebound. Uh, Put him back in the game, he's right in there getting uh, offensive and defensive rebounds. He kept him in that thing. Yeah, and, and look. He was Le- great. LeBron is LeBron. Again, he, I really do legitimately think he's a top 10 player. So he's 9 of 24 is what he ended? 9 of 24. Um, and again, they went to him. They did get, get him the ball occasionally down the stretch. Uh, and he he hit one three down the stretch and bang, bricked a bunch of jump shots. I mean, you know, look, uh, that's not his game, right? He's just not a particularly good shooter. I understand that. But he, he's a great passer, and, you know, he's a, certainly a good rebounder. Uh, and he's just bigger than everybody else. You lose look at him. He just freaking mm-hmm. runs straight at the basket and just bowls everybody over and dunks it. It's, it. He's a pretty amazing guy. I mean, as a physical specimen, an amazing guy. He's way too douchey for my tastes. Uh, you know, I like a, I don't know. I can deal with someone being 94% douche. For him, he just keeps exceeding that a little bit, uh, so it's a little bit annoying to me. But again, I, I you got to give him credit. I mean, he's an he's an amazing player, and you know, while uh, while he wouldn't be my first choice uh, in the uh, I'm drafting somebody in the NBA draft, uh, he, you can understand why he would be everybody else's. Certainly, mm-hmm. I would actually pick him last. And he won what two uh, or three championships in Miami? Uh, two. Two and then and then came back home and, yeah. and so actually got it done for Cleveland. Three of three of seven, uh, Jeffy. Is that right? Three of seven or three of six in championships. I think he's pretty well cemented his place. You mean as one of the top yes. ten players of all time? Maybe as top a, five. Maybe. Maybe top five. Uh, you could, I think by the time he leaves, he will have guaranteed a top five. My my j- constant jihad against LeBron James is to make sure he does not get to number one. Um, no and way. because he started when he was 12 in the NBA, he's, all of his numbers are going to be bigger than everybody else. He's, he's, yes, they'll be bigger than, <laughs> yeah. but, but he played for forever. And yeah. he, he's only you, 32 now. You, you can't surpass Michael Jordan. I don't care. I, he, the guy was I just too clutch. Anything by the time he leaves, he was just he, too clutch. I mean, I when when Mike when the when the game was on the line for the Bulls, and I know this because I was a huge Jazz fan at the time. And the Utah Jazz played the Chicago Bulls twice in the NBA Finals in 97 and 98. And every single time the Jazz were on the verge of taking over the series, Michael Jordan instead took over. And when it was between Karl Malone and Michael Jordan, it was Michael Jordan every single time. Every single time. He'd take over that game. He wanted to shoot. He did shoot, yeah. he demanded the ball, he got the ball, and he finished every time. Yeah, and Every time! Yeah. Well, as a Jazz fan, I can see the pain in your eyes. Yeah, it, well, it hurt. One interesting thing, because um, the Jazz were a very good team. Yeah. Um, they were not an all-time great team. They were a very good team, however. Um, and that team with you know Stockton and Malone, I mean, 
a great team as far as their longevity, but you don't necessarily put them as one of the top teams of all time. Um, well, and, they didn't win a championship, so you and can't. They, and they didn't, they didn't win a championship because of the Bulls. Yeah. However, it's almost a reverse situation with what the Cavs are doing now, in that the East is so bad yeah. right now. Back then, the West was better than the East is now by, all, by a million miles. But Jordan's work came through going through the East. I mean, when he got to the finals, mm-hmm. there were some of those years, and not against the Jazz necessarily, but there were some of those years where it was sort of a foregone conclusion when he got to the finals. But he was going through Detroit and Boston, Boston the Knicks, mm-hmm. Orlando. Uh, those teams back then were really were good. good teams, yeah. where in the West is what Golden State did this year. I mean, you know, when you look at the, the, those power rankings of these teams, mm-hmm. um, they have uh, Golden State is the second best regular season team uh, of all time by these power ratings. Now, by record, they were number one, but they saw that they ranked them as number two with the, these power rankings. Um, but San Antonio was the best second-place team of all time, right? Because so, they won 67 games or whatever they won. So regular mm-hmm. season, they were the best second-place team that ever made it to the playoffs, according to these rankings. Oklahoma City was the best third-place team to ever make it to the playoffs. And wow. Cleveland was the best fourth-place team to ever make it to the playoffs. That's how top-heavy the league was this year. So the thing about Cleveland is they go through nothing, get to the finals and have a great series and win. Yeah. Where uh, Jordan, I mean, every round was a grind back in those days. Yeah. However, I will always think Jordan's better. Um, I, I and unless 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 LeBron James starts picking up well, a jump shot, and then it'll be really dangerous. Six <laughs> championships, six, six for six, right? I mean, six for six. Yeah, they just didn't lose when it was important. When when it was on the line, he he just delivered every time. I remember, he skipped two years. You're right. He missed. I mean, essentially two years for baseball. They easily. I mean, yeah. absolutely could have won. Probably no I mean, question. I, I, the only reason the Houston Rockets won in between was because yeah. Jordan was gone. Yeah, that's the only reason. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents to it coming up. Epstein is a friend of ours, a friend of the show. Uh, he is uh, the founder of the Center for Industrial Progress and, of course, wrote the book, The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, which is fantastic. Uh, Alex is really smart on this stuff, and he's been making a lot of news lately. wanted to bring him on and have him answer for his crimes. Mm. Uh, Alex humanity joins us now. Uh, Alex, uh, you got, you've been uh, trading emails with the government lately, I would say. Oh, uh, yeah, you might say that. <laughs> so what do they want from you, exactly? Well, so the context was, I mean, I, I see, it's last Wednesday morning, I get up, some uh, friend of mine who knows this, knows about the government and the industry says, hey, i got to talk to you immediately. I'm like, oh, i got a lot of work to do. No, i really got to talk to you. So well, in 15 minutes, you're going to be named in a subpoena involving ExxonMobil. Like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, what's going on? And so this is, I mean, I'm familiar with the general set of cases, but this is the government saying, this is my summary of it, that because ExxonMobil did not publicly agree with the government on 
catastrophic global warming that Exxon has thereby committed fraud. And over time, different think tanks have been implicated, and they've wanted to search different people's records. And then this time, mine, the Center for Industrial Progress, was one of 12 named. So this means the government then has unlimited right to seize and look at and whatever any emails that any employee of my company has ever exchanged with any employee at Exxon. So I don't have any particular fear of what this would reveal, but this is a complete invasion of my privacy. And the entire reason for it is that I have written publicly defending fossil fuels and criticizing the government and climate catastrophism. So, you know, the government is now now feels entitled to come after me and invade my privacy because of something that I said, hmm. which is a violation hmm. of the right to freedom of speech. Now, there are several ways to handle a situation like this. Um, most people would probably get together with their lawyers and, you know, have some boring, longly worded, meandering response, defending maybe the principles you talked about. Uh, you chose a somewhat different route. <laughs> yes, you did. Can you explain <laughs> what you actually said uh, as you can for the air? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's even even sayable, so I, I won't. I won't say any expletives. I will say uh, one oh, of the two f words you used. You can still say. Uh, I don't know how for how long, okay. but uh, yes, for that. And explain why why you handled it that way. Well, so I was thinking about it, and I've been watching this case for a while, and it's been. I mean, it's so outrageous that uh, Exxon and and these think tanks are being persecuted for having certain beliefs and really for not endorsing what the government says. I mean, the government is basically saying, well, you need to be our puppet, otherwise we can criticize you uh, of fraud. And by the way, this is an issue where the government has been completely wrong. Like mm -hmm. all these mm -hmm. catastrophic predictions, not like Exxon knew about something right. Uh, Exxon didn't publicize something that was completely wrong. So if anything, you know, the government, certainly the government should be apologizing. So I'm, I'm looking at the responses, I'm thinking this case has not gotten nearly enough attention. And I just hate how when these, these things come out, these fascists are persecuting people and they just give these longly worded mealy mouth statements. And even you know, the things you'll read in Wall Street Journal and other places, they're so technical. And what they're dodging is the reality of the situation, which is that people's rights are being violated. They're having atrocities committed against them. I mean, there's really an atrocity to attack someone's freedom of speech. And nobody is really naming it. They're acting like it's, it's civilized. And so taking a page out of Atlas Shrugged, my favorite book, which I've been rereading, uh, I thought, well, I, I have no desire to write a long article about this when somebody basically wants to come into my house and take my stuff. So if you came to my house and tried to take my stuff and said, well, you, I'm doing it because you voiced an opinion I don't like, I would tell you to F off. <laughs> and, and I would identify you as a fascist. So I was like, all right, well, that's just what I'm going to do. So I'll just, I just emailed the attorney general's office, and I wrote F off, comma, fascist, period. And then the subject was regarding... I think your demand to seize my email, yes. and then I sent it, and then I posted it uh, on the web, and and you know they got a really interesting set of responses. But to me, the most important set of responses, since the attorney general has responded, is that people I could tell felt super empowered by this because finally someone was yep. clear. It's only three words, but let's put it this way: those three words much more clearly name what's going on than the million words that have been said before. No question mm -hmm. about it. No question about it. Um, something else I'm, I'm really, really interested in, uh, Alex, is that you have offered $100,000 to Al Gore <laughs> to do a global warming debate with him. First of all, good luck. He never debates anybody with an opposing point of view to his. He, he never does that. Plus, $100,000 to Al Gore would be like 
eighty-five cents to you and me. <laughs> it's it's going to have to be like a hundred million <laughs> or a hundred billion to even get him interested. I think. But uh, have you heard anything about this? Is is there any interest on the Gore team's part? Well, let me explain the rationale of it and why to do it now and okay. why that amount. So Al Gore is, is the leader of the climate fascists, and I think this is a very important term to start mm-hmm. using because that's what they're, they're trying to do. They're, they're claiming ownership of all of our lives in the name of our evil emissions of CO2 allegedly causing catastrophic climate change so they can violate all our rights, including our right to freedom of speech. And Al Gore is the leader of this. He's not just the spiritual leader. He is the actual guy who poses in pictures with the attorneys general and mm-hmm. is... It, engaging in yet more prosecution, particularly on the issue of this, uh, of free speech. So you have somebody who is, has two things. One is he's persecuting us, particularly our right to free speech. And two, this is someone who notoriously refuses to debate anybody. So historically, I've looked right. at these, you know, different requests to debate him. And what I noticed is, well, nobody really offered him his speaking fee. So, you know, if somebody, somebody offers to debate me and mm-hmm. says, hey, Alex, I'll debate you for $5. Like, oh, you're a coward. You won't do it. Well, Look, I have a speaking fee that's considerably above $5, and I don't really care about debating you that much unless there's a really good forum. So ever since I realized that, I just started – so once someone offered him like 500 bucks, I'm like, well, you know, that's – Al Gore can make 500 bucks in a second. Yeah. So Al Gore's official speaking fee is $100,000, so I figure that's pretty generous. I have a lot less money than he does, uh, but, you know, I'll use some of my savings or a lot of my savings, and I'll, I'll offer $100,000 to get this guy to debate instead of dictating. And that's the fundamental issue. Do you believe in a society where we debate things or in a society where we dictate things and when we're, where we punish dissenters? So I think that everyone has a stake in harassing Al Gore, and I use that term very literally, uh, harassing him to debate this issue, uh, you know, particularly the issue of, of the future of fossil fuels. Should we be massively restrict, restricting them as he advocates? Or is there a moral case for fossil fuels that incorporates the fact that the warming effect of CO2 is very mild and manageable, and the, uh, you know, the energy effect, the life effect of, of fossil fuels is, is uh, unmatched by, by anything else? So hmm. is he going to do it? Uh, statistically, it's, I wouldn't <laughs> bet on it, but he should right. be, the point is he should either do it or be shamed. Those are the only two yes. acceptable yes. I agree with alternatives. Because so, you're right, you're, pay, you're paying him a, a wonderful fee, speaking fee for this. I mean, why wouldn't he do it in theory? We right. all know the reason if why he, he wouldn't knows, do it. But. If he says there's no debate, like, this is easy money, right? You just come yeah. up. I mean, I'm a chump. Mm-hmm. If that's true, like, uh, it's it's just... It's it's easy money. I mean, like if uh, you know, I'm a black belt in jujitsu. If like a uh, you know, someone pays me a hundred thousand dollars to spar a four year old in karate, like you know, that's pretty easy money. Right. <laughs> you show so up. That's to what that. he thinks I am. Or yeah. that's what he says he thinks I am. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, Alex, you are actually speaking to our own Pat Gray here, who has come incredibly close to actually debating Al Gore on this topic. I know. You're, you're probably yes. the closest I've, at least in many years. Uh, yeah. The closest I've ever seen. That story is kind of amazing. Too. Well, when the when, when uh, an inconvenient truth came out, um, the, uh, we got in touch with the Gore people because I desperately wanted to debate him. I wanted him on the air, offered him all the time he wanted. Could have spent the whole show. On, and he's promoting a movie, so there's he's a benefit. Promoting to a him. movie, there's a benefit. So they said, okay, you have to see the movie first. He won't come on unless you see the movie. Uh, and uh, so I suffered through that piece of crap. <laughs> uh, and I went with a meteorologist friend of mine who is an actual meteorologist, and he's an on-air meteorologist. And we laughed and scoffed through the whole thing. But I didn't tell them that. And, and we, 
we went back to him and oh well's not available for for any kind of uh and after they'd agreed yeah. to do the interview or to do the interview if i saw the movie then they backed out of it so yeah my my uh, confidence wouldn't be high that he will ever debate with you because uh, he just doesn't he doesn't and he do know, it. He, he knows he would lose uh, yeah. You know, and this is the thing. I mean, you know, you've gone up, uh, Alex, the past just couple of months against some of the biggest people yeah. in this movement. Uh, Senator Boxer, we saw some of that footage when that when that happened. You you don't care. You're going to go out there and you're going to make your points, and and you hold your own really well against these people. Is there any level of intimidation, or are you just so confident in your facts that you don't care? Intimidation by what? Well, I mean. the I mean, the, the, these big, important people in the government are coming at you and saying you're hurting society and oh, you're oh. lying. I thought you meant like Al in debating. I mean, debating is, is interesting because you, you always have to take it seriously. So yeah. that's something I think I'm good at. But you have to really take it seriously, mm-hmm. particularly when the audience has been so immersed in the context of the other person. So, but, you know, I'm, I'm completely confident in, in my view and my way of thinking about it. I know 100% what's wrong with his, 100% what's right with mine. So, you know, the only, the only nervousness is just to, is just to do justice to the position. Because you're in, it's like, it's a performance. So you only have 90 minutes. You want to do well in that 90 minutes. But, uh, you know, so I'd certainly, I certainly would prepare. I wouldn't come in off the street. Although I think off the street I would do just fine because his, his view is so wrong. In terms of the government, it's hard to, you know, I don't want to say I'm not afraid. Because, I mean, this, uh, for me, this is a good time to do it because I myself wasn't subpoenaed. I was in a subpoena, so they are invading my mm. privacy. They want my records. But the worst case scenario here is not me going to jail. But they could have a future one where that is the worst case scenario. So I figured, let's do it now. Let's publicize this now. Let's take a stand now while I still have complete freedom of speech. Whereas for Exxon to write F off fascist, you know, in response to it, although I think they should have done something stronger than what they did, I can understand that why they didn't. And also, I'm in a position where I have a lot of lat. I mean, I've created a position in life where I, ha- I can pretty much say anything I want. And since I have 100% ownership of the company, you know, if the company gets risked, that's my decision. Whereas if you're a think tank and you've got $20 million a year of donors, you right. ha- and you're just sort of a figurehead or not a figurehead, but you're, you're an administrator, uh, you don't have that. So I'd, I'd, I hope people check out, um, if you just go to my Twitter page, at Alex Epstein, uh, there's tons of links on this, including, I think, pinned is the attorney general thing. But, you know, any ideas people have, you can just message me. Uh, but, you know, I'm really, I think this is really an opportune point to, opportune time to defend freedom of speech on this issue, to defend the morality of fossil fuels, and to go after Al Gore, because this yeah. is somebody who's persecuting us and refuses to debate. So he's one of the least civilized people, and he's acting like he's uh, above us. So again, mm-hmm. he should either debate or be shamed, but he shouldn't allow, be allowed to continue to get away with this, especially because I'm meeting his fee, and he's going after me, so he I should, like you know, I've written moral case for fossil fuels, so he should be willing to take his hundred grand and and see and how well dispense with you, Alex. Uh, <laughs> Alex Epstein, <laughs> Moral Case for Fossil Fuels is the book. We've got to take a break. Alex, thanks so much for coming on the program. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Back in a second. We have more coming up on Corey Lewandowski, um, who, I mean, how do you have any self-respect if you're, let's say, for example, Breitbart, who touted every time the guy you know, gets off from his assault charges, you're all excited and pasting it all over the front page. And then today, 
he gets fired. Uh, him, Breitbart, Drudge, buried it uh, completely. He printed the, just the statement with nothing else. Huh. Or Drudge at the very bottom of the page, like under 9,000 stories about robots. Somehow this makes no news at all today. Coming up, more. Welcome to Pat and Stu, triple eight seven two seven, B E C K. You know, you were saying about uh, uh, about the Trump campaign a few minutes ago. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, Lewandowski's out. If you haven't heard, uh, Lewandowski, mm-hmm. the embattled campaign manager that everyone thought should have been fired when he was uh, he was charged with assaulting uh, someone, um, which they then later dropped. Um, he uh, the Trump stuck by him for whatever reason through that. Um, and I, Pat, your theory seems to be he stuck by him to push the ball down the road till everyone forgot about it. Then he fired him. Yeah. Um, one of the reported things is that he, I guess, has just not been getting along with the children. The children think he, he sucks and, and daddy's little dream of ruling the world is going away. So they've come back to him and said, hey, uh, you got to get rid of this dolt. And he just listens to him because this is, goes back a ways. And that if Ivanka Trump was supposedly the genesis of Donald saying Hey, you know, Planned Parenthood's pretty good. They do a lot of great things for women, and we should fund them. That comes from mm. through Ivanka, and he, you know, really trusts his children. As he has pointed out multiple times, um, he essentially believes in eugenics light, and that, like, uh, you know, you find the best people only by their blood. Um, you know, he had an uncle that was really smart, and uh, his kids are really smart because of him and his magic blood. So uh, that's kind of his case on that, and it's, it's a big story. You wouldn't know that, obviously, by looking at uh, either Drudge or Breitbart, who buried it. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, and, and it's not like everybody else is reporting that Trump fired Corey Lewandowski. Right. It's Trump parts ways with campaign manager Corey Lewandowski. Because, yeah, that's, uh, that's what their statement says. And their statement, literally, I just printed the statement last time I was on there. Seventh story down in the middle column. It is in red, but it's the seventh story down. And that's on the Drudge? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, some other stories. You have some of the other stories on Drudge because I was I was also fascinated by Breitbart. Uh, in the trending section of Breitbart, as this was happening, mm-hmm. was a story: Japan man arrested for killing father with chopstick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting. Are you, you saying that's not a story? Is, is that above the Lewandowski story? It, well, there was no Lewandowski story. Oh, at the time okay. that, that was on there. <laughs> that's interesting. Um, um, so we have uh, above this in the same column, our longest day, heat wave scorches southwest, Phoenix hottest ever, 112 in Beverly Hills, fatalities, plane forced to turn around, California grid urges energy conservation, and then Trump parts ways with campaign manager. Uh, I mean, on, on, the, on the left-hand column, ISIS threat to air bases. Okay, that's a big story. Collect info on 77 facilities. Video portrays uh, preparation for Times Square bombing. Drama. 
divided Supreme Court lurches to term's end. And then HBO, this is a bigger story than Lewandowski. HBO Westworld trailer shows robot revolution. Big story. Again, he's all right? fascinated with the robots, Drudge. Uh, Massive orgy, orgy scene, I guess, in, in Westworld. Then ro- that is big news for Jeffy. Wait a second, yes. Yes. Uh, robots get self-defense instincts. Uh, I mean, all of these above the Lewandowski story. It's yeah. pathetic. Look, I mean, I, you know. Whatever. You know, it, whatever. It's, it's it, not surprising. <clears throat> Both of them are campaign organs. They, they are, I mean, with the case of Breitbart, have been accused many times of literally being paid to do the news about Donald Trump. Um, I don't know if either one of them are getting paid or not, but they're, they act as if they are part of the campaign. Period. Uh, the rumor so, is that they're, that for sure Breitbart. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a strong rumor. So it's not surprising, but how do you sleep at night? I mean, how do you sleep at night just mm. being this mouthpiece mm. for these people? I don't know, but uh, they figured out a way, I guess. Um, yeah, maybe on a bet of money. I don't know. Um, so uh, Trey Gowdy has been in the news. Can we can see if we can confirm uh, Trey Gowdy's outfit? There's a picture circulating um, of Trey Gowdy dressed in an interesting fashion. Really? Can we do some searching on that, Jeffy? Uh, can we see if this is uh, confirmed? Can maybe we can show the picture? Because there's a picture of Trey in, in, in sort of vacation wear. Hmm. It was, he made some interesting choices. If the photo is accurate, probably isn't. Uh, here's Trey, though, um, doing some good work here um, on, against the DHS and asking some pointed questions. Yeah, well, Watch. Let me ask you another question about the terrorism list. What process is afforded a U.S. citizen, not someone who's overstayed a visa, not someone who crossed the border without permission, but an American citizen, what process is currently afforded an American citizen before they go on that list? I'm sorry. Um, there's not a process afforded the citizen prior to getting on the list. There is a process should someone feel they are unduly Placed on the yes, list. there is. And when I say problem. So she did you see the reaction on her face? Yes. She's like, <laughs> I, I, are you speaking English? I'm not even understanding you. Is that uh, some sort yeah. of Russian you're speaking? Is it Swahili? It's, I don't understand. It's like the reaction <laughs> you'd get from an average Breitbart writer if you asked him to write a, a negative story on Donald Trump. Like it's like the, Why would I ever do that? I mean, the, the is process, that possible? Yeah. The process is after we put him on the list. Well, why, right. Like, like uh, due process is such a foreign concept. Go back and let's, let's see this from the beginning because her reaction is phenomenal. Uh, Let me ask you another question about the terrorism list. What process is afforded a U.S. citizen, not someone who's overstayed a visa, not someone who crossed the border without permission, but an American citizen, what process is currently afforded an American citizen before they go on that list? Sorry, um, I'm sorry. There's not a process afforded the citizen prior to getting on the list. There is a process should someone feel they are unduly placed on the list. Yes, there is. And when I say process, I'm actually using half of the term due process, (laughs) which is a phrase we find in the Constitution. This is why we love You cannot deprive people of certain things without due process. Loved it. My question is what process is afforded a United States citizen? before that person's 
constitutional right is infringed, then he's fine with doing it with the Second Amendment. My yeah, question is, how about the first? Stuff here. How about we not let them set up a, a, a website or, or a Google account? How about we not let them join the church until, until they can petition government to get off the list? How about not get a lawyer? Mm. How, how about the Sixth Amendment? How about you can't get a lawyer until you petition the government to get off the list? Or my favorite, how about the Eighth Amendment? We're going to subject you to cruel and unusual punishment <laughs> until you petition the government to get off the list. Is there another constitutional right that we treat the same way for American citizens that we do the Second Amendment? Can you think of one? Look at her. She's totally, totally and completely stunned. I don't stumped. have an answer for you, sir. I don't have an answer for you. It's an absolutely amazing moment. Wow. In that, you're right. This is the sorts of things wow. that Trey Gotti does really this, well. This is why we, why we, why we loved him, right? Yep. I mean, he's a prosecutor. I, I, I find it interesting, though, to think about this as, a, as an intellectual exercise for a moment. How could you possibly disagree with what he just said? No, you can't. I mean, I the mean, one answer you could give is none of those others could result in the death of, you know, lots of people. Cruel and unusual right? punishment could. I mean, it's to that person and that person only, yes. I guess. Yeah. But, you know, the, the one answer is that a gun is more dangerous than taking away their right to speech. Um, but it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you could amend the Constitution to say that if you want. You can go through the press and mm -hmm. say, by the way, the Second Amendment doesn't apply in certain circumstances because it's more dangerous than the other rights. You could probably <laughs> right. do that. You, um, you just have to go through that actual, you know, <clears throat> process before you just start willy-nilly taking people's rights. But he away. just flat out destroyed her there. Yeah. He just flat out destroyed her. Um, it's been uh, about a week. Uh, well, it's been exactly a week since the terrorist attack, a little more than that now, on uh, the Orlando nightclub that left 49 dead. 53 wounded since then the sale of ar-15 rifles has uh, gone up a little bit yeah yeah uh hunter's warehouse owner tom engel told the fox business network um stuart varney that his online gun shop which carries an inventory of three to four hundred thousand weapons has sold thirty thousand ar-15s since last sunday Engel noted that the price for ar-15 ranges from 350 dollars to eight thousand Wow, what kind of AR-15 are you buying for $8,000? Or three fifty? Isn't that super, I mean... That's super low, and then outrageously high. Holy crap. Now, there are fully automatic AR-15s, right? Glenn had... Do we have that one of the things Glenn had? Know. However, you, can, you can't just sell them on an online right, gun right. shop. I mean, there's yeah. very specific things you have to do with them for them to be legal. They're all grandfathered in, right? And... They, some of them mm -hmm. go to dealers. If you're a specific type of dealer, I don't know all the restrictions, and I wouldn't. I, because I'm just terrified of what the government would do with anything where I crossed the line. I'm, I would never. I mean, to the point that when they were in here uh, the other day, we didn't even touch them. And it's interesting because the the uh, the owner makes the point: shootings don't push up gun sales. It's when the government starts talking about banning particular guns yep. where gun, right. gun sales shoot up. And, of course, people are smart enough to realize that's what they do after every shooting. 
So, in effect, yes. the shooting does drive them yes. up because it's not because people want to shoot people more. It's just that they know that they're going to lose this thing that they have a constitutional right to. It happened after Sandy Hook. Uh, the government was uh, all about banning certain types of assault wef- rifles and assault weapons. And, and so I went out. That's when I went out and purchased an AR-15 yeah. before I thought, okay, they're going to ban these. And they haven't yet. They've tried. They, did they try have there. tried. And the Supreme Court today, by the way, in a related case... Um, Declined to hear a rule uh, about a ruling about a, a uh, assault weapons ban on a state level. So st- some state had banned, I can't remember which one it was, banned assault weapons. And they said, you can't ban assault weapons. And the Supreme Court said, well, ah, we're not going to hear it. So, so it's right that so you can't. Yeah. That you can. Good. Yeah, you, you can. can. They, they, you they can put the ban. ban and the oh, Supreme wow. Court said, well, we're not going to take the case. So right now that's ah, still that's in effect. That's bad. That's bad. I, I mean, I, who knows? The, so much of mm. this is political, even though it's not supposed to be at all. It's possible that the people on the right side of the court said, um, well, without Scalia right now, we're not going to get any good rulings on this. So we better not take it um, and push it down the road. Because it doesn't mean forever it's always decided. It's just you know going to be pushed down the road for a long time. But as of right now, states can do these things. And... I think there's a legitimate constitutional argument um, to say even states can't no, don't, do this. Right. Because, right. Um, uh, it, because shall not it be is one of the rights that is specifically right. delineated right. Like, in it, the Constitution. Could a state say, you know, look, we understand the First Amendment, but we don't think this type of political speech is okay. No, or we don't think this religion should be able to hold a house of worship here in our state. We're going to ban it just here in our state. The no. federal government's not doing it. When you have a right, and it's an affirmative right there. And most of it, you know, most of our founding documents are rights of negative liberties. You've heard Obama talk about this back in his law professor days, where it's what the government can't, can't do, do to, to you, you right? Mm-hmm. That's right. what most of it says. However, in this particular case... Well, all the first ten are that way. Right. Um, however, that, this is a, a, in a way, uh, in the way I see it at least, a positive right in that it's saying the government can't take it away. So it's basically telling you you have the right to do this. It's again telling the government what they can't do to the people. What they can't do they to the can't people. Do they can't do this. And, and what, you know, specifically, they can't infringe this right. Right, and not even a state can do that. So I it's agree. only the rights not in the Constitution that the state has purview over. Mm-hmm. This is in the Constitution, so the states don't have purview over it. I mean, it's just pretty easy stuff. And this has gotten to the point where even... A writer for Mother Jones has decided uh, Democrats are just going a little bit too far. Uh, Mother Jones writer, Kevin Drum, says he's in an unusual situation in agreement with the National Rifle Association. Said there are plenty of gun control measures I'd support. Banning high cap magazines for one. But banning gun sales to anyone who's ever caught the FBI's attention? No thanks. He wrote, Senate Democrats have finally put me in, a, in the position of agreeing with the NRA. Nice work, folks. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty great. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you like I respect liberals. A principal position. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. You know what? Because this guy remembers when he was fighting against this under the Bush administration, probably because mm-hmm. the no fly list was a trendy thing to fight for liberals against when Bush was president. And he's remembering that. Good. Uh, that's the right thing to do. It's a little um, bit of a consistency, which yeah. is hard to find in liberals and Democrats. Yeah, which I, I, I think is great. So, you know, again, when you're talking about U.S. citizens here, we're not talking about people who are, as Trey Gowdy was talking about, you know, come over illegally or have all sorts of issues. 
where they're not citizens, they're on a, a, a ter- uh, tourist visa or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different story. But when you're talking about an American citizen, you get these rights. That's part of it's part of the package deal uh, right. when you're born here and you're a citizen. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, it is amazing to see the left completely flip-flop on this issue. <laughs> I mean, it is absolutely like it was insane to let to judge someone on a government list that we can't even fight just a few years ago. And now it's so obvious to them that this should be done, that you are against the lives of children if you don't agree with it. Yeah. I, yeah. It really is hard to to uh, to crunch. No, it's impossible. I mean, you can see you you maybe let's say you can argue for the opposite where. Look, we're in a place where we're, you know, scared and, and, and there's terrorism and these people aren't citizens. And, well, we have to take steps to put them on these lists. But when you're talking about an American citizen uh, and you're talking about a, an enumerated right, travel is not an enumerated right as far as air travel goes. Like you have a freedom to associate with who you wish and you can obviously have, have rights to move around. But the right to get on an airplane for flown by a private carrier is not it's not a constitutional right Right. it is a constitutional right however uh to be able to purchase firearms and to bear them um Mm -hmm. and to think that you could restrict that right based on the idea that someone as kevin drum puts it well you caught the uh, attention of someone in the fbi it's crazy insane especially as a country that's only a few decades separated from a president who admittedly no well he didn't admit it at the time but we know through history had an enemies list Mm-hmm. We are not that far away from that. And I'm sure I can guarantee you this president has one, although he's not calling it an enemies list. And I can guarantee you with 100 percent certainty that if Donald Trump is the next president, he will definitely have an enemies list. And it will start with a cover of the National Review that did an <laughs> article uh, call it, uh, about never Trump. I guarantee you that is the, the start of the list. It's pasted at the top. <laughs> Everybody who's tweeted bad things about him, mm-hmm. you're all on that list. And up into and probably including Corey Lewandowski, if he doesn't come out and just praise the hell out of Trump and say, I think he's going to be the best president ever, which is what his initial statement seems to say. Um, he's walking the party line even after he's been fired. Um, but it's, it's an amazing thing. Anybody who's an enemy to this guy will be on a list that will be punished. He's said it about uh, media organizations. You don't think there's a uh, little contract between the two of them? Okay, I won't, I'm not going to say bad things about We're going to let you go, but we're going to give you a nice severance package. Maybe. And as long as you toe the line, say good things about me, you'll continue to get the checks from me for the next umpteen years. Yeah. Who knows how long? Which, of course, a year he, will, or two. he will break as soon as the election happens. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you're probably right. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. All right, uh, I'm going to talk about Super Beats. Super Beats is the drink you can have that doesn't taste like beets. That's not their slogan, uh, but I think it would be a good one because it gives you. You're talking about all the benefits of uh, the nutritional value of a beet, but it doesn't taste like beet. Uh, and you know, beets are beet when it comes to taste, but it's not beet when it comes to nutrition. One shot, you're going to get all the nutrients that you need from from beets, and you don't have to eat a giant beet salad or drink a bunch of beet juice. You get all the nutrients, and it tastes like black cherry, for example, or the original flavor with natural apple. Go to StuLovesBeets.com. StuLovesBeets.com. We're talking about real uh, benefits uh, to your health. Uh, we all know uh, mommy and daddy used to tell us to eat our vegetables, and most of the time we ignored them. Let's be honest about it. Jeffy, do you want to comment on eating vegetables? I love them. 
can't get enough of them, Stu. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I'm not talking about potatoes when they're fried. I'm talking about actual oh, vegetables. Yeah, no. Okay, no. <laughs> we all should eat our vegetables. This is the easy way to eat your vegetables without feeling like you're eating your vegetables. Isn't that great? Love the results of your money back. That's 800-951-8896, 800-951-8896, or stewlovesbeats.com, stewlovesbeats.com. Check it out. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the uh, phone number. Now we have a segment uh, where Jeffy gives us the stories uh, he believes are important in the news. Yeah. Um, however, I came across this one, and I I, I would like to kind of just put it in this uh, thing where I think it's the most important thing that I saw on the internet for Jeffy. Is that it's kind of a reverse uh, sort of thing here? But I, I oh, noticed this, so and nice. I, I did think you were appreci- you would appreciate it. It's from the uh, New York Daily Mirror in the nineteen fifties. Um, should a woman be spanked? Are you asking? Or, oh, this uh, is the no, story. No, this is the story. Oh, okay. Uh, this is the responses of four men in the New York Daily Mirror in the 1950s, and they are absolutely incredible. Um, uh, Miguel Matos from Brooklyn says, why not? If they don't know how to behave by the time they're adults, they should be treated like children and spanked. <laughs> that ought to make them grow up in a hurry. If it doesn't at first, they should soon get the idea. Think about it. <laughs> Okay, Frank uh, Desario from Brooklyn, he's a barber. Yes, when they deserve it. As a barber, I've got a lot of faith in the hairbrush. I think there are certain cases where it is advisable. Right. When it is, there's no reason why you shouldn't go right ahead and do it. I can't knock the idea. In my business, a man sets a lot uh, of store, a man sets a lot of store by the results he can get with a hairbrush properly applied. Hmm. Nice. Teddy uh, Galay from Brooklyn, a parking lot attendant, says, You bet you should spank a woman. Uh, it teaches them who's boss, and that's important, right, Jeffy? Uh, a lot of women tend to forget this is a man's world, and a lot of men who mm. stepped down as boss if a family wish they hadn't. Spanking might help get uh, back some of the uh, respect they lost. And finally, William These Davis. Are, uh, really smart men. I mean, you want to talk- aren't they? <laughs> Talk about the way the world has changed, man. And in this case, obviously, for the better. William Davis, Brooklyn, tro- toy factory owner. Yes, or they should be spanked. So 100% yes. of the men involved. Most of them have it coming to them anyway. If they don't, <laughs> it will remind them how well off they are. I subscribe to the theory that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. That's, wow. That's beautiful. It's amazing that that world existed. Yeah. Um, right, Jeffy? I... How can you disagree with that? How can you disagree with the experts? You know, I mean, we just had the landmark Freedom of Case speech in uh, in uh, the United Kingdom, where they okay. were saying that the spanking sites were legal, yeah, and let them get, let them move on. Is so this, is we're this, still there. Is this a horn on the guy's head? Is that, is that what that is? Uh, it does look like a horn. He, he's a looker, this guy. Yeah, look at that, right, right, that. Is a horn. Yes. Or I mean, if you something. were to rank these guys in people most likely to be beating their wives, he would definitely uh, yeah, win he, first place. He would stand out. Yes. Among he, the rest. He looks like he may have just wound up and, and finished hitting someone before he took uh-huh. that, that picture was taken of him. Uh-huh. Uh, it's an amazing change. I always love featuring these uh, older ads and, and commentaries from those eras because it's, it's amazing. What people said, I mean, they got their picture taken next to those words to be put in the paper. Yeah. 
Like they were like, you know, what's a yeah. good point? You'd be fired you from your job for that today. You'd be yeah. fired. Yeah, that's you true. You oh my God! That. Keep your job mm-hmm. and keep your livelihood. Yes, there's just no way. And then you had the, you know, remember the old. Uh, my, one of my favorites is the one when you talk about bringing up from back in the, uh, you know, the ads and stuff from companies that you couldn't do anymore. My favorite is from uh, the advice from the 1949 Singer Sewing Manual. Yeah. Um, advice from a Singer Sewing Manual. Prepare yourself mentally for sewing. Think about what you are going to do. Never approach sewing with a sigh or lackadaisicality. Good results are difficult when indifference predominates. Never try to sew with a sink full of dirty dishes or beds unmade. When there are urgent housekeeping chores, do these first so your mind is free to enjoy your sewing. When you sew, make yourself as attractive as possible. Put on a clean dress. Keep a little bag full of French chalk near your sewing machine to dust your fingers at intervals. Have your hair in order, powder and lipstick put on. If you're constantly fearful that a visitor will drop in or your husband will come (laughs) home and you won't look neatly put together, you will not enjoy your sewing as you should. Constantly fearful. I love these words. I mean, this is Jeffy's America. You really were born in the wrong era. My gosh. Well, actually, you did live through that era, so I don't know I why. did. That's why it's so devastating now. <laughs> sure. uh, there's also, th- uh, we were talking about guns a few minutes ago. I, I, we got to get through these uh, three key Democrat claims on guns that got fact-checked by no. Washington Post. No, no. Uh, and here's their findings. A little bit surprising from the Washington Post. They fact-checked three specific claims made by two Democrat senators. And found that at least in these instances, uh, yeah, they're not true, basically. Claim number one, more gun control equals less gun crime. What we know is that in states that have imposed those reasonable limitations, there are less gun crimes, there are less homicides. Uh, Chris Murphy from, from Connecticut said that last Wednesday on a Senate floor speech. I mean, it, that is blatantly stupid. To even, I mean, when you know... Chicago has 50, 60, 100 gun crimes a weekend. Mm -hmm. How can you make that claim? Murphy's staff told the Post that he was referring to a chart published by the National Journal in 2015 that shows states that had the most gun-related deaths in 2013, the most recent year for which data was available, and whether those states require background checks, blah, blah, blah. Or states that have stand-your-ground laws. But because of how Murphy worded his claim... Because of how we worded his... Here's how the Washington Post tries to spin this to be okay. Because of not-to-gun-related deaths, which would include suicides, which you don't want to stink and do in this case. Right, exactly. Because suicides are not going to be eliminated by getting rid of guns. They'll do it some other way. Ask uh, Japan. Right. has a much higher rate of suicide and almost no guns. Right. I mean, that's just just asinine. That's a cultural thing. Uh, So... Because he didn't include suicides, uh, and he said gun crimes and homicides, the Post gave it three Pinocchios. Well, it should, that should be four, right? Don't they have a four Pinocchio yeah. category? I mean, it's a total lie, because the, those states with, tougher, with the toughest gun laws and those cities are often the places with the highest amount of gun crime. Chicago. Washington, D.C., Detroit, Detroit, mm-hmm. New Orleans, on and on. The list goes. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. Claim number two, expiration of assault weapons ban led to a hike in mass shootings. 
AR-15 style weapons weren't legal in the United States until 2004 after being banned for 10 years. It's not coincidental that there is a massive increase in shootings after 2004. So it'd be interesting to see how they uh, rate this claim for this reason. Okay, the problem with this claim also made by Murphy on the same day is that his staff couldn't point to any specific data to back up the assertion. In fact, the Post pointed to a 2004 report by the Justice Department, which found that impact of the decade-long ban was minuscule. And it further found that if the ban were to be renewed, as some in the Democrat Party, including Obama, now are calling for, likely effects on gun violence are likely to be small at best and perhaps too small for reliable measurement. For this reason, three Pinocchios should have been four. Uh Uh, Claim number three. Al-Qaeda spokesman was right. Machine guns are easy to get in the U.S. America is absolutely awash with the easily obtainable firearms. You can go down to a gun show at the local convention center and come away with a fully automatic assault rifle without background check. And most likely without having to show an identification card. So what are you waiting for? Are they, they're fact-checking the <laughs> Al-Qaeda guy? Yeah, no. Senate Minority Leader uh, Harry Reid quoting an al-Qaeda spokesman, made that statement uh, during a speech on the Senate floor. The Post dug up the so clip. So it's not Harry Reid who gets fact-checked here. It's the al-Qaeda spokesperson. Right. Adam, get on. Get on the American. Oh, nice. He's still around, huh? Yeah, apparently. He was, no, he was killed in 2015. Uh, but he said this in 2011. Here's the deal. Terrorists are, uh, are known to lie. What? <laughs> yeah, Not I if know. it supports your viewpoint. Surprising, right? Yeah. Um, and when politicians quote terrorists without any clarification, usually doesn't end well. This didn't end well. As the Post rightly points out, you really can't buy a fully automatic assault rifle at a gun show. In fact, the Gun Control Act of 68 already strictly regulates these purchases. Thus, Reed likely meant to say semi-automatic. Uh, don't give him any slack. That only got two Pinocchios. How does that frustrating. get Pinocchios? I mean, that, frustrating. That's blatantly... Blatantly ridiculous. untrue. Yeah. Blatantly untrue, all these statements. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but it makes a difference. Yeah, it does. It makes a difference. There's it a reason does. why... I mean, and they say the 1968 law, which did move it further, but really the 30s were where it was 34. Really initially restricted. Yep. Uh, you know, I am ridiculous. What are you going to do? Triple eight seven two seven Beckmore patents, Stuart. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Beck, it's Pat and Stu. Uh, welcome. Uh, Astrophysical Journal has reported that uh, there's, a, there's a discovery of a new innocuously named gas giant. <laughs> we got one of those right over here. <laughs> there's, there's, one right, there's a gas giant right uh, there. Million dollars. <laughs> oh, boy. Nasty. Uh, it's a gas giant planet, though, named Kepler. 1647B. That's catchy. That's catchy. catchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, it's the same size and mass as Jupiter, but yeah, orbits a while ago. it orbits two stars instead of one. Oh, that's kind of cool. For some reason, we 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 uh, we don't know about it. Well, we're 
What do you mean? We're talking about it right now. Yeah, yeah and no. we found this. I got. I'm sure that we found this a, a while ago. I'm not sure why it's uh, such a big deal now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the planet's orbit around its dual sun system takes 1,107 of our uh, Earth days, which is more than enough time to run away forever. Something we might need to think about because it could also be home to life. Maybe. Planet lies at the exact right distance from its two stars to inhabit the area potentially hospitable to life. The Goldilocks zone is our distance from our own sun is referred to. So you got to be not too far away because it's too cold, and you can't be too close because it's too hot. So that's just right. And, and it's tough to find. I mean, there's probably trillions of planets like that out there. We just haven't seen them all. But I think and we can't get there. We found, yeah, and we can't get there. Um, but we found thousands of them uh, recently. And this is obviously one of them. Uh, so while this might be great news for people who search for alien life, Consider for a minute uh, just how massive anything living on this newly discovered home, home world could be, uh, although not extremely scientific, uh, absolutely convincing math. Jupiter is 11.2 times the size of Earth, so that would theoretically make any humanoid beings on Kepler-1647 62 feet tall. <laughs> I mean, that's just stupid oh. reasoning. Well, just because it's bigger, the people would be bigger? Oh, yeah, we actually do have footage of what okay, looks, there's... this is what a person looks like on, on that planet. <laughs> <laughs> that is not so stupid after all. Uh, to scale, in case you were. By the way, this is footage from the new Independence Day sequel. That's, uh, <laughs> that's actually what it looks like. Uh, convincing. Convincing uh, special effects. And right. Terrifying. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We, there's no reason to believe there's 62-foot p- people on the on the planet. No, that's, like, ah, I think that's silly. Well, the planet's 11 times bigger. Take us times 11. It's, whoa. Okay, no, that's not, that's not, I, I mean, they did say it was not scientific. Yeah, it's not necessarily Maybe how it would work. Yeah. Um, but it would be cool to have two suns in the sky. I, I wonder if that means, is it daytime at all times? You know, as the planet rotates, depends. Is it always daytime? On yeah, it depends on if they're opposite. Because I think uh, in uh, one of the Star Wars, like movies, Tatooine um, has two suns, right? Yeah, but they were kind of in this yeah, same horizon together. Vicinity, which just, would be cool. We should ask the documentary filmmakers who got that shot. Yes, what was it like. <laughs> we should. You know, we should. Because that would be pretty interesting. They'd so have, does that mean it's daytime all the time on Tatooine? We know that not to be the case because we've seen nightfall on Tatooine. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's interesting. Science, you know? Yeah. That's our, that's our game. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are we you going to do? Multiple awards uh, for scientific achievement on this particular program. And uh, something we take pride in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, look at you know, one of our hosts is a, basically a giant science experiment. Uh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> just look at it. Is there any other show on television where there's just a shot of one of the hosts that pops up and everyone just goes, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Does that happen anywhere else? I've never seen it. It happens show. on a couple of my sites, but not television networks. <laughs> <laughs> I like this story from Michael Caine. Uh, you know this one, uh, Pat? He says uh, the gender pay cap is BS. Uh, the, ben- the gender pay gap... Is rubbish is these, was the term he used. Michael Caine 
says, uh, I worked with Elizabeth Taylor, and she got ten times more than I did, and that was over 30 years ago. Kane mm. uh, starred aside, uh, alongside Elizabeth Taylor in 1972 film X, Y, and Z. I don't agree about the pay gap because she got a lot more money than me. Kane's comments also come after the first uh, after uh, House of Cards uh, star Robin Wright um, says she w- she demanded yeah. equal pay uh, to Kevin Spacey and got it. Yeah, I love that story. Because it's it's shitty. Because it's one thing to, thing. To, to want equal pay, mm-hmm. completely fine. If you if people care about you as much as the other person, mm-hmm. I've wa- I watch that show and I do care as much about her as I do about him. At times, However. she's even a better character than However. he is. In 1962, How- though. Michael Caine, right. small star. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Taylor, uh, Taylor Big star. huge star. And not, not body-wise. You remember. She, was, she was a very big Mega Hollywood star. star. Yeah, and you have to remember, so this, she's is, before, make more money than this is before Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which was really the achievement, the crowning sure. achievement yeah, of Michael yeah. Caine's career. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is long before that. Right. Um, so, uh, which I, I love that movie. but uh, that's, It's also uh, before the Muppet movie where he played... Uh, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's but, uh, Scrooge. Uh, this is the thing. Uh, Claire Underwood, uh, Robin Wright, says, hey, I want to be paid the same. And uh, if you don't pay me the same, I'm going public with this. Right. So they pay her the same, and then what happens? Why do we know about it then? They did their end of the deal. She holds them hostage with a media scandal, and then they do it, and then she's like, and I told them they had to do this, or I, or, or, else. I, or else, and then she gives them the or else. And they should take half her pay away for it. On top of which, yeah. you know, I, I agreed that at the time, uh, you know, that she deserved the money, and she should have got it, and... Why not? I mean, the show is huge. And, and she deserves it. However, She's great. However, great. she is great. But her deal was that she wanted to make as much as uh, as Frank Underwood. Yeah, um, Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Then I stopped to think about it, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. You could replace one of them. And you could, it's not but Spacey. you could not replace the other one. You could not and still replace have the same show. Kevin Spacey. You could replace her. That's correct. Right? You could. Couldn't you? Spacey, I mean, I don't watch the show, but my Spacey assumption could is, kill her. Yeah. Just for an example. Say, and get somebody else. And, and we would still watch it because Kevin Spacey is Frank Underwood. Now, I'll grant you the wife is great, mm-hmm. and they've made her into a great character, and I'm not begrudging her any money. I seriously am not, because I, I love her character. Yeah. But... Without Kevin Spacey, there is no House of Cards. This is like a WNBA center who's very important to the WNBA, going to them and saying, hey, I want to make as much as LeBron James does because uh, I do pretty much the same stuff. And you'd be like, um, no. Uh, <laughs> right. No. You, you know, I, don't, I do not say this often, but I think you're right, Jeffy. Mm-hmm. You're actually right. Because you're, you know what? I, she is crucial to that show, and she's fantastic. Absolutely. But she, you could replace her. There are moments the where way, I say, like, I, I am more interested in her than I am Absolutely. Yeah. However, you're right. If, if she was murdered by Frank Underwood, and they, mm-hmm. and they went on another side, it's still a great show. If she murders him, it's still a great show, but it's not House no of Cards. Way. No way. If, she, if yeah. he were to die... Which, you know, it'd be like happen. Jack dying in 24. Right. You can't have that. Because, I mean, and that was one of the other. If Chloe died, that. you'd be sad, but you'd move on. It, right. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, not, it's much more dramatic than that. And if yeah, it has the cards. Probably. I mean, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the first lady, and, you right. know, she's, you know, it's a big deal. No question. But, like, still, you're right. You're right. You could, if it happened, you could get away with it. You could not get away with killing off Kevin No Spacey. way. And even it's if she, was, she became president, Right, like it would be a, it would be a different show, a show I would watch, I would still stick with it, but it's still it's a different show. 
Yeah, maybe. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. <laughs> back, Pat and Stu. So Corey Lewandowski is on CNN being interviewed right now, and um, he's saying he doesn't know why he was fired, but saying good things about Trump. Uh, it was a privilege and honor to be a part of the campaign. He believes he has the tenacity and the wherewithal to become president, all of that kind of stuff. So, uh, But he doesn't know why he was fired, supposedly. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, 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 mm. the pitch that's coming from the CNN interview seems to be that... Um, you know, maybe the family and people who are close to him are seeing this slip away. Yeah. Um, another poll just came out with him among registered voters down eight, um, which, by the way, John McCain lost by seven. So to give you an idea of how big of a loss that is, I mean, it's worse than John McCain, which was a complete disaster, obviously. Um, and so he's saying, well, you know, the, 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 the storyline that's coming from this interview seems to be that Lewandowski was the guy telling Trump to be Trump. Trump, you be Trump. You do what you need to do. You're the guy. You're the guy. You're mm -hmm. the guy. When you had professionals behind the scenes saying, wait a minute, you need to think about this. You need to do this. You need to spend some money here. You need to hire some staff. You need to not go out and talk about your Trump University lawsuit uh, and how Mexican the judge is. You know, maybe we should be doing other things. And maybe the try to do more traditional things side of the camp, which seems to include his children, is starting to win out. And Lewandowski is being blamed for that. Now, of course, in campaigns, people get blamed for stuff all the time. Corey Lewandowski, honestly, by his, his conduct in this campaign, seems to be a, uh, just awful yeah. in every measurable mm -hmm. way. However, he's very consistent with the, with the tenor of the, of the campaign and the candidate. And uh, honestly, I mean, you're talking two peas in a pod here yep. when it comes to the way they operate. So the fact that that's changing, if you want Donald Trump to win, is probably a good thing. Um, if you actually are a big Donald Trump fan and you say, hey, this guy needs to be victorious here, clearing out people like Lewandowski to take this seriously is probably a good idea. That's why I'm so excited about it. Because You know what a big Trump fan I've always been. I'm you just, have been a big... Oh... Gosh, yes. I've never, I've never heard you say anything positive Gosh, about, yes. oh, about uh, him ever. What do you mean? I mean of course. I've, you're on a show where he's the grand nozzle of the douche Hall of Fame. Oh, I wasn't even here that day. I think I was sick. No, Mr. I remember. Mr. You, Trump, remember? I was sick that day. I don't know what this guy's talking Did about Did you say Mr. All. Trump? <laughs> I'm just telling you myself as a fan of uh -huh. Mr. Trump. Uh, yeah. The, the firing of Corey Lewandowski. It's about uh, time, I, right? I well, mean, it I don't was know. I'm a long time coming. Um, you're, what are you starting to do? I'm starting to think that he should have done it a long time ago. Yeah, that's no. what I was starting to think, too. So I, he was right, but he should have been more right? Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Oh, well, he's always right. Mr. Trump. I mean, he's proven that over he and was over right. and over and over Mr. again. Mr. Trump always is right. Mr. Trump has been pretty right all along. He's got his know, finger Stu. on the pulse. No matter what small finger you look at, he's got it right on the pulse. He's got a normal size, slightly under large hand. 
Is what he just has. under large, just under large <laughs> size of gloves. Slightly, what was it? <laughs> a little bit less than large. What Wouldn't it be great if we at? just switched positions now and yeah. just started uh, and and just started brown nosing this guy, trying to, you know, because if he becomes president, I mean, where are the first oh, targets? Just right? Start brown. You know, it's just even start. if we started brown nosing now, he wouldn't buy it. Okay, so. And just a quick. Uh, <laughs> Quick uh, suggestion: Maybe we change the term "brown nosing" to just "bright barting." Um, <laughs> yes, because uh, Ooh, that's a, yes. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to start bright barting this. Bright barting, drudging. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so embarrassing. So bad. Uh, so I'm sure. By the way, um, uh, when it comes to uh, technology, Donald Trump will be the best president ever for technology for new technology. Uh, Donald Trump. Thank you for getting on board finally. You know, I'm, uh, I'm here. I'm hardcore Breitbarting at this point. Right. Um, uh, and he will bring, the Hyperloop is stupid to Donald Trump because he will bring things that are much better. But if we don't elect him, maybe we'll just get the Hyperloop. And here is, uh, I guess, uh, Elon Musk's company is showing you what the Hyperloop pods will look like now. Uh, and there you go. Uh, like, there's more seating than I anticipated. Yeah, I kind of think I thought they would be a lot smaller. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't that, look that right there does not look fat guy capable suit. No, it doesn't, and it also looks like, I mean, you'd want to be seat belted in there, wouldn't you? Going eight hundred miles an hour, or whatever well, that it, is. Only if it stops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, eventually you do want it to stop, Jeffy. I hate to break this to you, uh, but yeah, you're right. I will say fat guy seating major problem there because there's May, dividers. Yeah, there's no spread out right. land. You got to be on the outside, bro, or squeezed into the. I mean, you'd be squeezing into the inside. There's no way to do any man spreading uh, on this particular. No, uh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's the hyperloop, um, and uh, those. Uh, that's not a photo, by the way. <laughs> I thought that was. Nah, a lot Are you of people sure? So. What are you talking about? That's not a photo. We just saw it. I feel like I kind of want to see this movie, the Finding Dora um, thing, Dory. to see this movie. Dory, whatever. Who cares? Calm down. God, everyone's like, it's a freaking fish. Relax. I wanted to see it really bad this weekend, but my family's um, been out of town. I've been all by myself, so I thought I would be... Yeah, if you went to go see a children's movie I, when you were at home by yourself, I, I, I would have thought... I came close. Yeah, I bet I you did. I came close. I bet you did. But, but the point I'm trying to make here is that Glenn was saying this morning that the um, the, the little pre-movie, the, yeah. the short before the actual movie, is so realistic looking mm-hmm. that you can't tell it's not photography. And he now has set this I stage. I know, he sure has. And, he, and this is what Glenn does, by the way, of course. He's now mm-hmm. drawn me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I want to see it for that because mm-hmm. I want to see if I also. And you know, now you're gonna go. You're gonna be like, oh, come what? on, you idiot!" Uh, come back and yell at him. You couldn't tell that was animation. Yes, that's, yes. that's of course what happens. I mean, every situations. once in a while, he oversells. Yes. You notice this, especially with movies. He's really bad at it because it's like this is the most amazing thing you will ever see. Glenn, it's got a four on Rotten Tomatoes, four <laughs> percent. No, no, you have to. You in particular have to see this movie. That's the way he sells it to us off the air. Yeah. No, no, you. It's you specific. You must see it. I, really, I must see Hot Tub Time Machine too. Are you, are you sure? <laughs>